What's up, all my certified freaks? Welcome back to the highway with Kyle Shutt. We got a very special guest this week. It's fucking Biff from Saxon. Can you believe this shit? Saxon has a new record coming out this Friday, but stick around to the end of the show because we're going to have a world premiere of one of the tracks off that record. Spoiler alert, it's sick. And be sure to keep up with all the tunes that we play on the show by checking out the Highway with Kyle Shutt playlist on Spotify. It's banging, I promise. And for that matter, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe where you can so that you don't miss a single episode of this show. And if you want to go one step further, you can find us at patreon.com slash the highway. We got all kinds of perks. For a few bucks a month, you can help keep the lights on in my trailer. You can help keep some beer in my fridge. You can get some online guitar lessons from me. All kind of shit. It's rad. Check it out. Season two of The Highway is off to a roaring start, and I couldn't have done it without y'all. Thank you so much for listening. Now, I uh, guess it's time for me to put on my denim and leather. Let's do things my way. The Highway. Biff, what's going on? Ah, uh, you're right. How you doing? Good. I'm sorry, I'm late. The other guy went over, and then my phone messed up. So oh, yeah, no, okay, cool. Fine. So let's do it now, then. Yeah. No worries at all, man. Uh, I haven't seen you in so long. I don't know if you remember. Um, we met uh, when you were kicking around backstage um, with Metallica on the Death Magnetic tour uh, while we were opening for them. Oh yeah, I saw it. Yeah, man, that was a that was a real good time, man, and. Uh, yeah, yeah I, well, we were going to do some. We were going to do some uh, shows with you in Australia, weren't we? Yeah, but um, I, I don't. I can't remember no, why didn't. it didn't happen. But yeah, no, I can't remember why either. Something <laughs> happened. But anyway, whatever. Right. Yeah, and, and I remember that because uh, instead of just, I, I think you, Saxon and the Sword were supposed to do some of the the side waves, like the side the club shows uh, as part of the. Yeah, uh, that's the right. Yeah, we were. Too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. whenever y'all canceled, they yeah. just canceled our show too. They wouldn't even let us fill in so we uh we had to kind of pal around with uh, some other people we ended up playing with like a uh, devil driver and then somebody else i don't know but yeah i was really looking forward to that yeah, but, uh, yeah that would i was as well so i think one of the guys must have got ill or something i, I seem to remember uh-huh. i seem to remember there's something going down somewhere it happened or maybe one of the white whenever one of somebody's wife got ill it wasn't particular. it wasn't anything to do with me but it might have been something like that i don't know uh-huh well, uh, you got a new album coming out in February. Uh, uh, I got an advanced link to it. It absolutely rips. How do you guys keep doing it? Um, uh, probably me, really. I'm a lunatic with the with the. <laughs> I like I like to keep pressure on. Uh, so yeah, I mean yeah, I mean I'm a bit. Um, you know, I like I like trying to get everybody to write something that's special. Every album we do, I like it to be like, you know, on the edge, sort of, you know, going for it. Yeah. And um, It's like your 20, yeah. 25th album, is that right? I, I, it, there's so many, at least studio albums. 20, uh, 23rd, is it? 23rd studio album, something like that. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely wild. Um, I mean, uh, you've been a band for what, almost, almost 45 years, is that right? Yeah, 1979, our first album came out. That's when we changed our name. So I suppose we go from there, you know. Oh, okay. From so, 79. Yeah. It's, still, it's only 42 years. Before that, <laughs> before that, we were just, um, yeah, we were just pissing in the wind before that. Right. Wasn't, uh, wasn't your, what was the name before that? Was it Son of a Bitch? 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I bet that was pretty edgy back in those days. Very heavy, yeah. It was a bit more punky, uh, a bit more of a punky outfit then, really. Mm-hmm. What were those early days more. like? Because um, between y'all and Priest, you know, and, and maybe uh, Maiden in there too, y'all, I mean, you basically invented the new wave of British heavy metal. and that's... Yeah, well, the thing is, yeah, Priest already had two albums out when we started, though. I mean, they're, they're predators by at least four albums, I think. I mean, we used to go watch Priest, you know, when we were nothing. Uh, I mean, basically, Maiden and Saxon and Leopard and, uh, you know, Diamond Head and Target Band, they all started around the same time as we did. So I think musically, probably not age-wise, but musically, uh, Priest and Mortarhead were already big when we came along, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I think they probably started the new wave of British metal before we did to tell you the truth, but we were sort of new bands uh, that people discovered. So it was later our door, but I think really, I think Mothead had a big, 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 um, you know, influence on that movement, mm-hmm. definitely. What were those early days like uh, of touring? Um, you just like, hiring vans and things like that, or uh, were you just riding around? And- well, we, we didn't we didn't do uh a lot of uh, support tours before that we we just travel travel around in a van you know mm-hmm. a big a big what we call transit van uh yeah just that's what we did really just doing clubs and things any any shows we could get we'd do you know anything didn't matter what it was we used to play with a bunch of strippers and in, in you know in what they call working men's clubs and you know uh <laughs> anything really Anything we could do, we'd get. And, uh, you know, we'd sort of take over the place, put the desk at the back, put some lights in. So we were pretty much like a cottage industry. You know, we had we had a pretty much, uh, you know, we were just pretending to be a real band, really. That's what we were doing. And, uh, you know, <laughs> making demo tapes at the same time, sending them off to everybody. You know, I mean, it was pretty rough. We all had to have girlfriends that kept us. That's what the deal was, you know. <laughs> we, were, we were, you know, that's what it was. You know, my girlfriend had a flat and she had a job, so it was cool. You know, right. it, it hasn't changed that of, much. She <laughs> sort of, you know, she no, it hasn't changed at all. She sort of fed me and uh, you know, kept me going really. That's awesome. Can't do it without, uh, yeah, that uh, those kinds of things in the early days, man. That's that's wild. Um, no, I, th- I think women made made a massive difference to. Uh, to that early rock thing, I think that's been, I think that's always been the case. If you look, if you look back, you know, there's always been some girlfriend or some wife there behind the scenes who was supporting uh, some sort of, uh, you know, struggling artist. And then usually when they're big, they leave them. It's <laughs> 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 usually what happens. They just find somebody uh, they think is far more exciting. But uh, you know, but I, I think that doesn't, you know take anything away from the women that um, stood behind these people and probably husbands as well with female artists, probably the same, but probably not as much, you know? Yeah. You're absolutely right about that. Um, man, but, uh, yeah, I gotta say, uh, this new record sounds absolutely fantastic. Your voice is more powerful than ever. I mean, like it's, unreal. Those notes that you can still hit after all these years. Um, do, do you, 
take care of it really or do you just kind of like live your live your life and uh it that's just the way no it is? i don't really I, no i don't uh, i mean i don't drink hard liquor that that can uh that can mess up your vocal cords mm-hmm. it can b- burn it can burn them uh so yeah no i don't drink hard liquor um, uh, and if i'm drinking anything i'll be drinking wine you know i mean i will have the odd uh, shot of sambuca or or uh or rum you know mm-hmm. but Generally, I'm a wine sort of guy, uh, but I, 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 we do go on t- cocktail parties sometimes when we're out and about. You know, we've had some quite famous ones. We were touring with anyway. Well, it's another story. But yeah, you know, if we hit the cocktails, we'll hit them hard. You know, that's uh, that's really funny. Yeah, I, I try to do the thing, um, and I fail miserably. But uh, where I try to, yeah, especially on tour, you know. The, drinking can kind of get out of control so i try to drink every other day you know what i mean to just sort of take care of myself that way but it's 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 tough man once you start a bender you kind of have to keep it going <laughs> yeah i think i think the partying thing i mean luckily we don't party when we're making albums so we're, just, we're sort of uh focused on working you know but mm. i think live i think is very difficult because it, because apart from the show it's really it's really boring you know, traveling between shows, Absolutely. especially if it's a long way on the tour bus, and you know you're you're in there with all your mates and your gang, and you know it's just really, you know, we've had some great bus parties. I mean, a lot of them are on YouTube actually, but um, <laughs> you know, we, you know, we've had some. It's just like a gang, isn't it? You it know? is. Whether it's a whether it's a guy gang or a girl gang, it's just being out there with 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 like-minded people, you know, and. We just get pissed and listen to heavy music. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. We might, if we get really pissed, we might listen to ABBA or something like that, you know. So, uh, oh, if it sometimes gets really melancholy, you know. That's right. <laughs> Start uh, listening to really sad music, and everybody's really like miserable and depressed. Okay. And then we'll put on some ACDC and bounce back again, you know. So uh-huh. that's all right. Yeah, I think that's really funny. So yeah, the album, the albums are, are more focused. Yeah, so. You know, I can concentrate, but but touring is hard. You know, trying to stay off the mm-hmm. stay off the uh, the sort of uh, the boogers, definitely. Yeah, that's really funny that you said uh, the the listening parties because a lot of people think that you know uh, people in metal bands we just listen to heavy metal all day long. And that's all we listen to. It's, it's quite the opposite, actually. Um, but most of the time, we'll yeah, it is. Bit. It is. You know, because because a lot of music comes out, you know, from your youth and what you used to listen to and what your parents listened to. So, you know, you're just as easily on a bus party, you'll just as easily hear Sabbath, Chuck Berry, you know, the Eagles, <laughs> you know, like Led Zeppelin, Journey. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. You know, it's queer. You know, you might get some Supremes in there or, you know, some, some James Brown. So it's a really mixed, a mixed bag of music that uh, most musicians are into, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but getting back to the album, yeah. So, uh, you know, my voice uh, on albums, I'm able to focus a little bit more on uh, on where I am with it, timbre-wise, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, I was going to say, like, how do, I just, singing for me just doesn't really, like, I have to really work at it, but it just seems like it just, just comes out of you like that. You know what I mean? It's just like those super high notes and stuff like that. It's, it's really something to behold. Uh, and uh, live... Um, so did, didn't you you hopped on stage with Metallica a couple of those shows, didn't you? Yeah, I've been on oh, stage a couple of times with them. Yeah, 
Because uh, that was uh, where I first saw you. Motorcycle Man, I think. Motorcycle Man, I think we did. <laughs> That's right. Off the Wheels of Steel album, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were pretty, uh, they were pretty into us in the 80s, I think. The, you know, both, uh, well, I think Lars and James, and obviously, um, you know, well, all the old band, I think. I mean, you know, everybody really in that first Metallica. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, uh, Lars was, um, he was great about uh, coming on our bus. And uh, he, back in those days, he would, um, this was like before, you know, the streaming and all that stuff, he would just burn us CDs of all the old bands that he was into, like all the old New Wave uh, stuff. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. about so many bands uh, that way. He, he really is, he gets a lot of flack, but um, he, he's a music fan. I mean, he, he's a, a real just um yeah champion of uh of music yeah definitely definitely i mean i, I sat and talked to him till the early hours of the morning a few times mm-hmm. so yeah he, he loves that era and you know uh yeah they do you know i mean i think all of them did i mean when we played with them in america the first time in 1980 i think or 81 they played at the whiskey of gogo with us you know it was the original band mm-hmm. you know so yeah, I mean, I think they were heavily influenced by Saxon, Mordehead, Maiden, Priest. You know, all those bands. It was really cool seeing you hop on stage with them, and uh, they they would do that a lot. And if we were anywhere that anyone you know, um, uh, you know, of note uh, lived, that they would just try as hard as they could to get them uh, to come up on stage. Were you with the? Uh, yeah, well, the... they didn't. Even, they didn't even. They didn't even tell me they were doing that. <laughs> and I just turned up in like a pair of old jeans and oldie. You know. <laughs> You know what I mean? They're like, oh, yeah, do you want to get up with us? I was like, "Um, uh, yeah, okay. So they whisked me off to this, like, you know, container that was their rehearsal, Mm -hmm. which obviously helps, you know. So we rehearsed uh, Motorcycle Man, and, uh, yeah, it was straight on, you know, rehearse on, you know what they like. They rehearse, and if they're going to do, like, a cover song, they rehearse it, then go straight to stage, you know, so... They're ready, and uh, you know it's still in their mind. So it's great, great, great. Actually, great the way they do that. Uh, you know, they care about it so much. They just like you know rehearse it a couple of times before they actually play it on stage. It's great that. So yeah, it was it was good. You know, and then the second time was at their um, uh, was it thirtieth anniversary? And in, um, uh, in um, up there in San Francisco, yeah, must have been their thirtieth anniversary. <laughs> Or was it their 40th? No, it must have been their 30th anniversary I did. 2000 and I don't know when it was. Yeah. I can't remember what year it was. I went over and we did it again. That's awesome. And I remember they said to me, um, are we playing this right? Motorcycle Ryan. I went, no, actually you're not. (laughs) 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 So we went over and I listened to it and went, yeah, you're right, man. We're not playing. We're not playing it right. So then, they, then they, they rehearsed it right. Then it's just the guitar riff is different, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just that I can't say it. it's just the different notes in the run in the run on the guitar. Because Paul Quinn's not the uh, is not um, you know he's not he's not he uh, doesn't have any rules. Paul and just play. Mm-hmm. You know, really weird scales and things. So that sort of run on motorcycle man is quite unique. And if you don't actually, what you hear is not actually what he's playing. You know what I mean? If you listen to it very, very carefully, uh-huh. you can catch it. It just sounds like a simple run, but it's not. Anyway, they got it right on uh, on that one. 
<laughs> yeah, we played the Fillmore, I think. I think I played the Fillmore with him in uh, in, in San Francisco there. Yeah. That's awesome. Man, um, yeah. I, I remember uh, at one of the London shows, uh, Lemmy was supposed to show up, and uh, I think they were going to play Bomber or something like that. I can't remember exactly what, but we were really excited. Yeah. I had never met him before, and, and uh, uh, I, I still never got to, and that's okay. But um, so we were in our dressing room, and um, a, the the dressing room next to ours, they put a little sign up that just said, Lemmy, it was going to be his room. They put a bottle of Jack in there, a couple of bottles of red wine. Uh, we saw all of his uh, gear getting loaded in, and like uh, it was during the, the actual filming of uh, of the, the Lemmy movie, and so a, a film crew was there. They were going to document the whole thing, and he never showed up. <laughs> he just... <laughs> I was like, if there's one person in the world that can stand up Metallica, it's fucking Lemmy. Yeah, well, it, I mean, the thing is, Lemmy, probably out gambling or something. Uh, where was it? It was at the, It was supposed to be at the yeah. O2 in London. Yeah, it was probably out a club somewhere, you know, and, and I either forgot or thought, oh, fuck it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like that limbo. It, it was like that. It was, it was, um, it was uh, you know. They could do. They could do that. Definitely, I can. I can picture Lemmy doing that. <laughs> definitely. It was there. Uh, did you? Uh, y'all ever tour with Motorhead back in those days? With Motorhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, our first tour was with Motorhead in 1979. Damn. So they were massive then in in the UK. Absolutely massive. So yeah, they launched our career basically from that from that tour. We did that. Then we did Nazareth uh, after that, and then uh, I think the album came out. And the second album came out, and went through the roof. That's absolutely incredible. Was that around the time that y'all did the the Monsters of Rock? Monsters of Rock, nineteen eighty. It was after that that tour. Oh okay. I mean, we were. We were still on our first album when we did the Motorhead tour, but we were playing songs off, off the, which would have been the new album, mm-hmm. Wheels of Steel, yeah? So when we finished the Motorhead tour, the album came out and went really high in the charts and things. And uh, So then we did the Nazareth tour while Wheels of Steel was out, and then we did the, the Wheels of Steel tour, part one, two, and three. So it was never ending, really. Yeah. And then we did... Uh, from Montreal, we did Judas Priest. That was our first European tour. And we did Judas Priest. They were British Steel, I think. And we were Wheels of Steel. So it was a double steel. So, um, so yeah, that was great. That launched us into Europe. Really great. So, yeah, both those bands, we owe them a lot uh, for that initial uh, touring that we got off them. How, how different was touring Europe back in those days when every country had a different, you know, uh, monetary you know uh you know, well it, it was it, it was crazy but it'd been like that for hundreds of years so people were just used to it you uh-huh. know uh you know like uh you know pounds and deutschmarks and francs and uh lira yeah you just had i mean a lot of it was cash back then as well mm-hmm. so people had to use a sackful sackful of cash all the time you know it's like you know you can have, it's like you can have whatever you want, but no cash. That's what the, that's what the, the managers <laughs> used to say. You know, you can have whatever you want, but no cash. So because they wanted it all, obviously. So yeah, there was a lot of cash and a lot of uh, a lot of briefcases uh, with handcuffs on. You know wow. that sort of thing. Man, it's crazy, crazy. But yeah, you know, uh, 
yeah, it was crazy, really. You know, we used to tour with, you know, three or four trucks back then, and one of them would be for merch. You know, it was big business mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. But still is, but back then it was like a newly discovered thing, you know. Uh, T-shirts and bands, I think the mm-hmm. the 80s was when it really came in strong, you know. And those actual shirts, even the ones from the 90s now, are going for absolutely crazy money. Because I used to find old, you know, rock and roll tees from the 70s that for, you know, 10 bucks. Now you can't find one for less than like three, 500. It's crazy. Yeah, I've got a big sack somewhere with all the old t-shirts in it. Uh, I was thinking about selling some off for charity, actually. So I might go and have a look before Christmas, see what there is there. I was going to say that or that's your retirement plan, you know, either. <laughs> either <one. laughs> yeah, if I got a retirement plan, then maybe that would be it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. No, but you know, I could see you. Uh, it's kind of like uh, Leonard Cohen. Like he was, he was on tour until he died. I mean, like I think he like finished tour and four days later, like, he was like eighty-five years old or something like that. Is when he died. That's, I've always kind of like thought that about me. I was like that. I'm probably just not going to stop. You know what I mean? I, I think I'm. Uh, I don't know if I'm crazy or stupid or or what, but um, I'm just going to. Yeah, I, I look up to people like you because it's just you know you just never stopped. You know, you just that's <laughs> just crazy. How you well, I think. I think if you can still perform though and and put a show on, mm-hmm. you know, there's no reason to stop. I mean, I know a lot of people say, uh, "Ah, you should back in, leave room for new bands." Well, there's plenty of room for new bands. Just get some songs written. You know, that's exactly. the key. You know, I mean, we don't. Um, wasn't made and Judas Priest don't take up any space that new bands would have because we tour on a higher level. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we always try and take, you know, probably not on the next tour, but we always try and take some, some new bands out with us, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to give them some uh, some sort of chances to get in front of an audience. You know, but uh, it's like, I mean, you have to work really hard being the first band on. Yeah, That's not easy. You know, it's not easy, especially if the audience are absolutely fanatical about the headline act. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be quite hard. It was quite hard for us. You know, on all these early tours, we had to work really hard. I bet. And uh, it's crazy, like, thinking about all those old tours opening for, like, Nazareth and Priest and stuff like that. But because, like, you know, my generation, kind of like those are our, you know, y'all, all of you are, like, our heroes, you know, who we look up to and everything. But um, and the the old adage is, you know, never meet your heroes. But I've rarely been disappointed um, by meeting mine. What what were some of your heroes? and, And did you ever get to meet any of them? Um, let's see, I don't really have so many heroes per se, because uh, when I first started, I was a bass player, you know, I was a bass player in, in the bands that I played in, I, I played bass and sang, so I suppose I was a bass player first and a singer second back mm-hmm. in them days, so I, I was really into, uh, you know, I met. Uh, I did meet a lot of people actually in the eighties when we started to become a lot bigger. Um, but some of them were a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but, but most of them were great. You know, I mean, you know, I met Phil Bennett a few times. Um, you know, parted with him a couple of times. So he was a nice, funny guy. You know, he was good. Um, yeah. I mean, I met Chris Squire. I was a big fan of Chris Squire because he was he was the great bass player from yeah. Yes, and I was into prog rock back in then. And 
I met him at an awards ceremony and I went up and I said I was a huge fan, you know, when I was when I was younger playing bass and he went, Oh really? <laughs> and walked, sort of walked off. So <laughs> it was a bit it was a bit uh, it was a bit disappointing, you know, so yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Well, you can't win them yeah. all. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> no, it was all right. It wasn't it wasn't it wasn't nasty, it just wasn't interested. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Oh my yeah. god. Well, man, uh, do you, um, I mean, I know the world is kind of upside down right now, even, uh, even though we think we're, uh, able to, to hit the road and everything like that, we still keep hitting setbacks, uh, around every corner. You can't yeah. predict it anymore, but um, do you have any, um, plans to try to tour on the new record? Well, we, we made this album through a, a massive adversity, you know, we, yeah. I had a heart attack and, uh, and we had COVID and, uh, and we managed to get the album finished. We do have some touring plans next year. Yeah. We're, uh. We're supposedly doing some um, huge uh, 40th anniversary shows in January in, in the UK, uh, hopefully, uh, which involve castles and eagles and things. And then I think the, the next um, plan would be to come to America on the release of this album, Carpe Diem, uh, probably with a, a package with uh, Uriah Heap. Oh, man, and, that's uh, another band that just, they, they never stopped. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're great as, as well. You know, they're they're survivors, aren't they? Absolutely, man. And the, the you know, what? I, yeah. I think the last record of theirs that I heard, I think the the one that came out in 2015, it sounded exactly like they used to. I mean, just they they haven't really changed all that much at all musically, and they still just rip. Yeah, it's great, great, great album. Their last one, uh, they're on the same record label now, so obviously we'll be um, hearing and seeing them a lot more, probably. I love a, a, a rock band with an organ. I mean, you, you sorry. Know, I said I love a, a rock band with an organ in there. You know what I mean? Just like the, the big fat, just uh, you know. Yeah, that... we've never we never had a, a, you know an organ in the band. Uh, the band I was in, a few bands before Saxon in the seventies, we had a we had a Hammond player, but uh, unfortunately the thing was so fucking heavy that we just had to get rid. <laughs> We started to sack him and get, and get a guitarist instead. So, uh, you know, our my organ playing, you know, with an organist wasn't, was very short, uh-huh. you know. He had a Mellotron as well, which was even heavier. Right, yeah. Oh, my God. So, you know, we just couldn't we just couldn't be bothered carrying him in and out of the shows because, you know, and they took up a lot of space in the van as well, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Leslie is the size of a, you know, small refrigerator. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, much. it is. You know, it's a, it's the size of a cooker and uh, and weighs twice as much. So yeah, so we it was a great great sound though when it's distorted. Mm. It sounds great. It's not it's not dissimilar to a guitar. You know, I mean, I can imagine smoke on the water being written on organ. You know, absolutely. That riff sounds just as well on organ as it does on guitar. Actually, did you ever get to tour with Deep Purple or anything like that? Pardon? Did you ever get to tour with uh, Deep Purple? Yeah, we've played with Deep Purple lots of times. Yeah, we've done a lot of touring with Deep Purple, uh, festivals and tours. Uh, I love Deep Purple. They're fantastic. Uh, we did a big tour of uh, of bull rings in Spain with them in, uh, in maybe 2002, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. You know, when you're playing to like 12,000 people every night, it's a different, it's a different touring. Yeah. 
you know, that's the thing. It's like, uh, yeah, it's just a different level, you know. Absolutely. There, there was that time when we were playing shows like that, and the, I think there was like a two-week period where every show th- that we played was the biggest show I had ever played. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, each one was bigger than the last one. It was it was nuts. I think it, it culminated in um in Istanbul. We ended up playing for like seventy thousand people or something like that. It was absolutely insane. It looked like the Monsters of Rock poster. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> okay, that that that, that was with Metallica, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the first tour we ever did in America was with Rush on the Moving Pictures tour, which Damn. was in nineteen eighty actually, and. Um, that's the first time I'd ever played uh, venues that big, mm-hmm. you know, 20, 20, 25,000 people. So we did that rush tour and uh, we actually learned a lot of that. Um, you know, that's, um, yeah, they were great, actually, great guys. And uh, we, did, we did a lot of tour shows, actually. We did about 50 shows with them on that first uh, tour we ever did. Man, that's crazy. In a van, <laughs> I might add. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in a van, yeah. Yeah. Man, I bre- be- bet you brought home a load, man. I'm just seriously, because uh, every time I see bands uh, playing tiny clubs uh, in tour buses, I just see money on fire. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Crazy. Oh, man. Well, um, I always ask, uh, you know, my guest, if uh, if you'd like to play a, a song uh, off the new record, is there one uh, that just really speaks to you? I mean, we can play Carpe Diem if you want. Uh, I know, but that single's kind of already out. But if there's another one that you'd like to play ahead of time, well, uh, I don't, I don't if, if we're allowed to do that yet. But, you can do um, whatever you want. I don't know. Show. Yeah, all right, okay. It's one of them shows, is it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> probably play uh, Pilgrimage. You got it. I was gonna, I was gonna call the album Pilgrimage, and um, it's a bit, a bit slower song than the than the heavier, more aggressive song on the album. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to play Definitely. that. Thanks so much for sitting down and talking with us, Biff. I really appreciate it. I've got a mountain of respect for you. Y'all have you know, paved the way for so many bands, and uh, we, we, I couldn't do what I do, and uh, so many other people couldn't do what we do um, if it wasn't for people like you. So thank you very much. Yeah, we'll, we'll try and get you some payback for the gigs we canceled in Australia one day. <laughs> it sounds like a deal, man. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. Also, thanks so much, Biff. See you later. Bye.
thanks for tuning in to The Highway with Kyle Shutt. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe if you want to keep up with the latest episodes. And don't forget to check out The Highway with Kyle Shutt playlist on Spotify to keep up with all the rad tunes that we play on the program. And if you need some new gear in your life, don't forget to check out Reverend Guitars, Railhammer Pickups, Idiot Box Effects, and Ray Ray Decker Cables. Stay high, everybody. We'll see you next week.